0: Welcome back to football school and yes, that is still the name of the podcast. I am Tate Frazier and I'm joined by a very humble man. His name is Charlie Hume. Charlie, what can we say right now? We are we are just trying to lick our wounds and bounce back.
1: Yeah, Tate. I mean, there's just there's not a ton you can say after a loss like that to Georgia Tech, (laughs) unfortunately. we thought the bright lights were going to be really good for
0: us. And uh, I even said, I went as far as to say that this would be the NFL highlight tape we would use for Sam's draft. Uh, you know, but this is not going to be that. And that was not what it was. And in retrospect, I wish I would have not said that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's, that's some tough tape to put out there. Uh, you know, the good news is, is we're <laughs> the only people that can find it and pull it. So, uh, you know, well, I don't yes, know if that's entirely true, yes. but we're going Thanks. to proceed as if it is. Uh, let, let's hope that no one, yeah. no one does that Don't yeah me. it'd be really bad if you reminded them about it again on another episode of the podcast but anyways uh <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean you know look like I see a lot of people on the on the inside Carolina message boards talking about you know people oh. laughing about it talking about it. it's like what what can you really do but but you know just kind of laugh at the fact that here we are once again we keep believing in this team we keep thinking it's gonna be different and oftentimes it ends up in the same result. Um, That doesn't mean we're going to stop believing. That doesn't mean we're still all in on this football team and all in on Carolina's football program. But it just means that, you know, this is undoubtedly a setback. And, you know, I I guess, you know, there's a lot we could go over. I don't think it makes a ton of sense at this point to get bogged down in minutiae. So yeah, we're we we're, we're not gonna go over the Georgia yeah. Tech tape. That's not we're what not we're gonna, gonna do go that in the show. Tape. Like, sure. really, re-
0: <laughs> I watched that once live. I never want
1: to ever see that, that we again. We can you can you know? burn that tape. We can we can do the yeah. Spygate with that tape and destroy that into a million
0: pieces. Jalen Hurts said this. He said he said, "Look, when you got a deuce, you don't sit and stare at it. You flush it down." And we're flushing it down. Yeah, and like on. and
1: that's all, all we can, can do. do like really the only thing i was just hoping to bring a moment of levity to the show you know in hopes that maybe this cheers people up in some way shape or form because <laughs> i spent the entire week just catching hell from your older brother gil about the fact that i was going to wear my hawaiian shirt again during this game and it was made you know doubly yeah. bad you know in gills wildly superstitious world by the fact that we wore white helmets white jerseys and, and white pants the yeah. the the so- to, to get the listeners up to speed, my brother, you know, is the type that will knock on wood
0: three times. I mean, he everything is superstitious. And Woody Durham used to always say, you know, when when Carolina was in a position, he would say, "Go where you go and do what you do." And that is what my brother lives by. you go where you go and you do what you do. If a shirt, you know does not work. If a venue does not work, we do not go there. we do, we do not do this. we do not wear this. So he thought that you were breaking a very primary code of conduct in life, which is basically you were where you were testing the fate, and the, the fate obviously didn't. He'll work actually that
1: well. texted me that Woody Durham quote, and I replied to him and said, I think Woody Durham would have wanted <laughs> me to wear the Hawaiian shirt. That's what I do. Uh, but I was wrong. That's not what I should have done. Uh, because I, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious, to borrow a, a phrase from Michael Scott. Yeah. And so nothing scared Gil more than the fact that we were wearing Stormtroopers and I was wearing the Hawaiian shirt. So thanks to Gil's yeah. repeated pleading during the middle of the game and, and, and various other group techs I was in, I spent the better part of the third and fourth quarter sitting in Mercedes, Mercedes-Benz Stadium without my shirt on. Sure I was shirtless. Is. I I didn't have my chest painted, my face painted. <laughs> I was just a very sad looking shirtless man, just hoping my team's you know fortunes were going to reverse in some way, which they did not. So obviously it was not the yeah. Hawaiian shirt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, they're...
0: Gil said the shirt was still with you. He said you should have you would have to have bought another shirt. For to change the juju so you should have had you should have gone to the gift store in Mercedes Benz. maybe they have some Kanye merch in there and you were to buy you know a 700 hundred dollar t-shirt to then change the juju on the field and in his mind I will be honest with you I'm not sure how long he won't talk to you he, I mean, he's not I,
1: spoken to me since the he, end of the game he <laughs> may not talk to you for months honestly. I, I was supposed to go to the Duke game together this weekend but I probably
0: he probably won't do that questionable questionable there's there, there's a question to be had there because let's just be frank right i i am not of and my brother is not like this we we do not exaggerate the hype around North Carolina sports, right? We are, we are very realist when it comes to North Carolina. I will tell you a year in basketball, when we have a chance to win a title, this year is not a chance to win a title, you know, in basketball, we could maybe make a final four, but we're not going to win a title. You know, there's realistic expectations that come around this. When I went to work for inside Carolina, I worked next to Greg Barnes and Greg Barnes sat me down and he said, look, I love the enthusiasm. I love that you're a North Carolina fan, but throw that fan away. You know, you're a journalist. You, you got to, You gotta not care now now half of my career is being a North Carolina fan, so maybe he was a little bit off, but at the time he was correct. And I I still work under at the end of the day, as much as you know, you go on the shtick and you and you're super excited and you're all North Carolina, you have a realistic expectation. Going into this season, there was a lot of hype. Number ten, obviously, that seemed a little bit forward. That seemed a little bit much. But Greg Barnes is someone that I I rely on. Greg is kind of like a you know a, a line in the sand is what what's real out here. And Greg had faith in this team and believed that there was going to be something there. My brother is, is super locked in. He he believed the same thing. I it it encouraged. I had a belief, and then it it doubled down my belief in, in this team. So like, it's not far fetched. To, to have a belief in this team uh, with an objective sense. So in, in that sense, they have let down, you know, the expectations. And as much as everyone wants to blame the media, the, the, the expectation from the coaching staff, the expectation from, you know, the, the people surrounding the staff and, and the, the people close to the, the players and things like that, they all believed that this was a team that could win 10 games and, you know, who goes from there. We do not look like that right now. We look very far from that, and and my
1: poor brother is going to blame it on your Hawaiian shirt, and uh, <laughs> which,
0: which <laughs> I don't even know
1: what to do with it at this point. And, and, uh, you know, I, I could burn it, <laughs> I could bury it, I could do like a ceremonial funeral on social media. I, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, I, I do here, I think you have to burn it. I, I think I think I that's know. that's it's a shirt the way that I that like. Goes. I mean,
0: but, I, I But maybe maybe you do one of those videos that they do now where it's like the papers and you're like you know oh. I'm sorry, Gil. I should I shouldn't have worn this shirt to Mercedes- Benz Stadium because you told me not to next time I won't do that for a North Carolina game you know I like this yeah and you, and you I like that. this and you do that it's whole a- thing and then and then Gil gets over it right I think I think that's the only way to win him back he probably won't see the video though because he, he's not on the social he's not media on the social like media like that, that. he refuses we'll to come on the podcast <laughs> um yeah it, it's he refuses by the way my mom and my brother have both decided uh dude, for legal legal reasons they are not going to come on the show because my brother is a lawyer lawyer and uh you know he's like yeah we're, we're not talking to, to the media yeah um, I mean so yeah it's it's I guess lawyers
1: are. can't talk to the media well we'll we'll we'll, we'll sort not that one room. before the end of this 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 <laughs> podcast season I, in Carolina football season the poor shirt though but that, that yeah. was the story I well, and the, I, story I think you know I unfortunately did not receive that same uh educational uh class from Greg Barnes I, although I do love Greg Barnes and I, I you know I wear my yeah. fandom on, on my sleeve. I love this team every year. I think we're going to the national championship, but you know, it's <laughs> funny. It's like, I, there's been a lot of hate directed to inside Carolina, a place that I love a lot where, where Greg's Barnes does great work for. It. And you know, I, like I was, I, I had the pleasure of uh, sharing a round of golf with Taylor Vipolis on uh, Friday afternoon at Bobby Jones golf course. Nice. We, 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 we teamed up, we, we almost won. We came close, but, you know, also, Vip happened to leave his his uh, his laptop charger, which I which I loaned to him in advance of him covering the game. He probably had the most miserable night because he had to stay and file a postgame report yeah. from, from the game, and uh, and then the next morning before we left for the airport, you know, Taylor brought brought the charger back, and we kind of met in the lobby for a few minutes and just you know had the same you know exasperated look and, and and laugh at how silly it was, and and you know we kind of got into it, and he was just saying you know I I just I, people were blaming inside Carolina saying you guys hyped up the expectations too much, but it's like everyone believed that same sort of deal. Everyone was watching the same set of players. It wasn't just inside Carolina that was saying, it. it was a lot of different people who thought this team was going to be really good, including the coaches and players that are, that were, you know, part of this poor program. So I, I, I think yeah. that it's, you know, nobody's more disappointed than, than they are. And, you know, it, it, it's funny. So I actually, on the way back from this game, I had it was, it was funny I ended up sitting next to Bo Corrales on this plane apparently the ACC has a bunch of odd rules and in, in COVID times where you know injured players cannot travel with the actual team with a team something like that yeah. so he ended up he ended up flying to the game and, and, and going on his own and so he flew back and great guy by the way really enjoyed talking to him hope we get to do more of that on the Bo show Bojangles Bo jangles. yeah I mean, come on this, this guy's right up our alley but, you know, he he understands he's they're just as disappointed as anyone could be out there. And and I think Bo, you know, also it, it, it's interesting to hear him talk about, you know, the team and the, and the stuff that's breaking down. It's like it's really hard to pinpoint one specific thing. It's like. You know, there there are obviously mistakes made and issues and they get corrected and then it's another part of the team that sort of breaks down. That's a tough thing to collectively fix when it's just like you're playing a game of whack-a-mole and trying to figure out how to get everyone on the same page. So, you know, the the thing that I thought was, you know, he kinda has to say it, but it's good to hear it is I, 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 you know, trust me when I say, I believe in those guys in that room and those players and those coaches. Like if it's the last thing we do, we are going to figure this thing out and, and we're going to, we're going to, you know, yeah. win ball games and we're going to turn the season around. And so yes, it's a little bit cliche. Like you kind of have to say, it, but at the same time, it's like, that's what you want to hear from the guys that are in that locker room. Like, okay, we lost two conference games. They're pretty bad losses, but what can you do now other than just try to win the rest of your games and really put your heart and soul into it and and I think that you know there is a real belief from the people in that locker room and the coaches there that that they can do that and so like I'm not going to sit here and be like Everything's terrible. Everything's broken. Of course I'm disappointed. Of course I'm frustrated. Of course I'm sad. You know, I we had the highest hopes for this season, but that doesn't mean we can't go out there, win the rest of our games, maybe make the ACC championship game. <laughs> CFP is probably out of out of reach now, but if you can make the title game and win it, maybe <laughs> yeah. you make the Orange Bowl. Like I mean, you know, I, you know, I, it's it's you got to You, you got to keep believing, man. You can't stop being a football school because you lost two games. All right. Yeah yeah exactly you got to tone it down you got to calm
0: down you got to stop freaking out you know not to steal uh, from aaron andrews but you know you got to calm down you got just got to like take a breath don't freak out about this and look around survey the you know the team this year we lost a lot of talent and i saw jason staples speaking of great inside carolina contributors i saw him say this about sam Howe that you know he's kind of locked in on his number one guy and if you're watching with the naked eye it does feel like that, and then if the number one guy, which has been Josh Downs, who was, you know, basically getting double teamed a lot in this game and and being bracketed and and was not able to get free, Sam pulls the ball down, and you know that leads to problems. And you know, after the Virginia game, we kind of praised or I praised the fact that they opened the game with Sam running and setting the tone with him as a runner. And I know that was a big emphasis in the off season to show that he's more mobile and more athletic, but. You know, at the end of the day, we, we can't be too cute. And I feel like that is what is going on with North Carolina. We're being very cute. We think that we are going to out-talent a lot of teams. And I don't think that we are at that level of talent where it's going to necessarily dictate and, and decide games on our behalf. And Sam has eight turnovers. And when you turn the ball over in football, I mean, it's, it's already uh, a pressing matter. Yeah. So uh, that's... That's why we're in a in, in a in a spot in a rut, whatever you want to call it. And there is an there is a way out, which is don't turn the football over. And Sam, you know, go through your progressions and stop trying to, you know, make yourself more attractive to the NFL. Which, look, I I get it. You know, if you're one foot out, it is it is what it is. That's the world that we live in. But. I mean, I would like for the team to be able to enjoy the Orange Bowl that we just had. That's what we should have been able to do, but that that's the world we live in, right? I mean, you, you basically are producing to then get drafted, and we want our guys to get drafted because then we get more guys who are going to want to come here because they can get drafted. It's its a cycle. We understand that. But Sam, if Sam can protect the football, we're going to have a much better chance to win win games. And he came into the season with the Heisman mm. hype. Yeah. and And that's... That comes with expectations, unfortunately. And we have Bryn Ritter coming up uh, here here in a few. And, you know, he were gonna ask him about Sam. And we, we believe in Sam and I I think he can turn it around because guess what, guys? I've seen him do right. it before. He did it as a freshman, he did it as a sophomore. He did it against Virginia, other than one, you know, pick that he had. That was the one mistake. I can live with that. I can live with one mistake. We all make mistakes. I can live with one. I can't live with fumbles that are just you know, crucial to changing the momentum in a game that we controlled from the jump. Charlie, yeah. we were, we were, we were controlling this game. Sam had a very strong run to get a touchdown and it was all, I mean, that's up. what
1: like, you know, that's a tough thing about it is like, you know, I, I see a lot of people, you know, on the message boards, like ripping the defense, ripping, you know, the defensive coordinator and those coaches, but it's like, okay, but you also put them, you know, on, on their own ten yard line multiple times, and you know, in, in that in that first start of the game, and, and they held, you know, they held Georgia Tech two field goals. Like that's pretty good work. And yeah, it got worse in the second half. But you know, I, I, you know, you're asking a lot of that defense early on. You're putting them on the field a lot when you're turning the ball over. I just, I think it's like, you know, that's maybe the hardest thing to wrap your head around is you could just go around and talk about, okay, yep. Sam's probably holding onto the ball too long, probably turning over the ball too much, but he does a lot of amazing, great things for this team. And, you know, Phil Longo, maybe there are, are you know, certain plays he's calling or the ways he's scheming where he could be, you know, better or, you know, or, or different in terms of how he's breaking down teams or adjusting, but he also has schemed up a lot of really great stuff, you know, to, to, to beat teams that are difficult to beat, who have good defenses, and you just go down the line. Offensive line, Probably could block better, and, and and you know both in the pass game and the run game, you know. But again, you know, but but there have been games where they've done well. It's just it, it's hard because, and I think that's a little bit of what I was talking about with you know the conversation with with Bo Corrales is like, it, it's. You know, it, it, it all these people have done poorly and well at, at at alternating moments this season. It just feels like we haven't really got everyone on the same page at one time. Kind of, kind of the feeling coming out of the Georgia State game, where there was a lot of good in that game, but there was some bad in that game. And and it's and the unfortunate part of it is the truly great teams who who you know win ACC titles year after year or you know make it to the CFP are the ones who find a way to fire on all cylinders at at, at all the time, but. <laughs> I still think, even with the loss of you know Javante Williams and Michael Carter and and De'Ami Brown and Daz Newsome and you know Chaz Surratt and others, like there's still a ton of talent on this team. And on their day, when all of it's put together, they can be a, a an elite football team. They they can be a truly a top ten talent football team. Just that we haven't really done that for an entire game the season, outside of maybe the Virginia game. And, and and so if you don't do that, you're not going to win football games. But you know, that yeah. doesn't mean you can't look at the rest of the season and say, okay, let's figure out how to be that team more consistently and go out and win all these games, and whatever happens, happens. You know, you can still go 10-2 yeah. and two from here. That You know, would not be the worst thing in the world.
0: Ten, 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 ten wins is where they should be, you know. Not even thinking about that right now, because you, you right. can't even get one win right now. But, I mean, in general that I think is is what a goal of the season is that is a, is a successful season you get 10 wins you feel good about that you know we're a program right and a program has to grow we're ahead of schedule we we maybe jumped the gun with a lot of these expectations, but like you said, there's a lot of talent in the building, so there's a reason why people wanted to jump the gun with the expectations because you have the talent, you also have the quarterback. Those are the hardest things for a lot of people to find. So I mean, the fact that you have that that that's that's a win, and that was why we you know came in with those kind of uh, you know like we said expectations, and expectations are tough on everybody. They're definitely definitely tough on Sam, um, and we got a guy who dealt with expectations from day one. Bryn Renner, uh, former quarterback for the Tar Heels, he is about to join us. We're going to talk about all this and his Carolina career. He's working with Butch Davis right now. Uh, Charlie, anything else before we get to Bryn? No, not, there's not there? much
1: more to say. I think we just, you know, let's. It's too <laughs> quick. Let's get to Bryn and get it rolling. Hey, Joining us
0: now on Football School, he is the quarterback that I went as a freshman and watched in Keenan Stadium. He is a guy that, you know, in 2010 was picked to be the player of the game before Charlie and I went to go watch LSU. A lot of people forget this. Kirk Herbstreit believed in you before anyone, Bryn Renner. Bryn, what's going on, man? It's great to have you.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I mean, look forward to catching up.
1: Yeah, hey, Bryn, great to have you on. And this is actually... This has been an appearance that's been in the making for a couple yeah. weeks. And, and it really, the table got set for this appearance by <laughs> last week's interview with TJ Yates, where. He was throwing he, shots, Bran. He, he was throwing shots. He was taking some deep shots at you <laughs> yeah. about the Carolina record book. So I think that's probably the best place to start is like, the floor is yours and, and correct the record for us.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, TJ, first of all, is a really good friend of mine. He's going to be yes. a, a best man in, in my wedding coming up in March uh, to Amanda. And so. You know, we Love have that. we have a really good rivalry, and I think it kind of started when I actually got dropped off at, at, at um at Carolina. So I got there a couple of days early. You know, we all arrive in, in, in the summer and I'll never forget it. Uh, my parents dropped me off at Roo Street and it was kind of the house we lived at. And uh, and so you know, we get back to the cul-de-sac and he's wearing a Chipper Jones jersey, like no shirt underneath, <laughs> some uh, basketball it's shorts amazing. and some shoes, and they got the hoop outside. And I remember like getting out and they're playing basketball. And uh, that kind of really just started our, our, our friendship and our competitiveness, you know, and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, first off, he's a really good friend. I, and TJ, I learned everything I, I know about the quarterback position, probably to him the first two years I sat behind him. Yeah. And, uh, and so we throw dra- jabs every single day. And now we're in the same profession, coaching quarterbacks and, and coaching football, uh, which is wild. And so, you know, we have a lot in common. We love golf. We love to kind of hang out. And, and uh, whenever we get a chance to see each other, uh, it's a really good time but I do enjoy just absolutely dismantling him in the record book. Like that was one <laughs> of my passions and, and not in a bad way. It was just a competitive way. I mean, we did the same thing on the, on the practice field when, you know, I was on the scout team or getting reps, the twos and the spring game. I don't know if you guys remember that in 09, yeah. like we always like, well, head-to-head. very well, it was yes. awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and I think it makes us better competitors and we do it as coaches. Hey, I like this play. I'll send them play. They'll say, how are you going to protect that? You know, against this blitz. He's like, that play is never going to work. So we do it hand in hand. So, uh, the screenshots that you guys got in the group text, those were already formulated. I just sent them to you guys. So, no, we talk about it all the time. And, and uh, you know, I, I really do believe this. Like, records don't mean anything to me. It's kind of the relationships that you built along the way to, to get those records. And, you know, playing our position at quarterback, we had really good players. I wouldn't be crap if it wasn't for Gio Ebron, Eric Highsmith, Dwight Jones. Yeah. Uh, you know the list goes on and on of guys that I played with that made really good catches at critical times. So uh,
0: Davis, I could
2: I could look good. Yeah, Quinshad was a stud, man. I love Quinshot. He's actually coaching too. So our TJ and I literally have a have a competitive battle, but it makes our friendship really strong. So my first rebuttal is uh, I have more records than him. That's where I'm going to start. <laughs> so okay, uh, well, but no, numbers. it's uh, yeah, never lie. So, so no, it's good. And obviously, Sam just passed me um, at, at, at third overall. So. And and Sam's playing great football, so uh, you know uh, I really I really uh, you know enjoy enjoy watching Carolina football and the way the way it's going right now.
0: Yeah, so can we ask you an easy layup here first, Brent Renner? Do you Let's believe go. that North Carolina is a football school? Because I think that's where that's where it starts. Because Charlie and I, we lived through Butch Davis era. We love that yeah. Mac is back. You know, we 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 saw the rise and the ascension into this level, and you were a big part of that
2: yeah and there's no doubt we're a football school. like i I'll, I'll mm. rebuttal that. Everybody from NC State and Duke we can talk for days and days yeah um, about that because let's let's define a football school. Let's talk about you know what we've done and the yes. people that we've put in the NFL and, and let's let's compare our numbers within the ACC and then around the country because I guarantee you we'll be pretty close mm. and uh, you know that's how you feel. I don't, I mean I think when you when you invest time effort and energy just like you guys have as you know going to Carolina, just as I have going to Carolina, you're always going to be prideful. But I think there's stats that back up what we say when we are a football school. Because I, I firmly believe that.
0: The first forward pass, as Larry Fedora, your old head coach, liked to remind every, everybody, you know, we invented this. This is our that's game. Right. You're, you're welcome. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly, that's, exactly. Exactly. That's a good stat right there.
1: Well, and, and and it feels like, the, you know, as Tate mentioned, the kind of the, the revival of Carolina as a football school began with with Butch Davis. And and that was, you know, you came in as, as Butch's player initially and then went on with Coach <laughs> Fedora. And now you are the quarterback's coach for Butch <laughs> Davis's Florida International University. So Small I'm just curious, like, how how is coaching life <laughs> and, and what are the differences in between, you know, playing for Butch and coaching for him?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I have a special relationship with Butch, Drew and Tammy and the whole family, just because, you know, you talk about the uh, 2009 class that I came in, in with. I think we were around 15 in the country um, as far as, you know, top 25, you know, being a football school. I mean, that's a pretty good thing uh, yeah. to do. And and it, we were really his first class that he got a full year to recruit. And, uh, you know, I've known him for about 15 years now. And I remember, you know, him coming to my house with uh, Charlie Williams and, and John Shoup, who was our offensive coordinator and Sam Pittman yeah. was there. I mean, Everett Withers is now our defensive coordinator. So I, they kind of grew me up, you know, as a player. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I kind of know their expectations, right? So uh, it's a little bit, you know, when your job's on the line, you're getting paid now and you're getting paid to coach guys the same way that you were coached. Um, I don't think it's very hard to transition. You know, it hasn't been hard for me. You know, I, I spent two years as the director of recruiting for Coach Davis, who I, I firmly believe he's one of the best recruiters of all time uh, in college football. And I also think he's one of the best coaches of all time that doesn't get enough credit. And it's not just because I, you know, was recruited by him and coached for him. I think people around the country would say the same thing. Um, and, and you know, I think it's been a lot of fun to learn and grow. And I think in this profession, what I've learned about coaching is if you're not learning and growing and, and trying to develop new relationships with players and, and recruit and, and really just kind of develop an offense, you know, like I'm doing now and, and kind of just trying to, to fit in with what, what the players need then you're not getting any better. But I've learned that all from Coach Davis. And then my dad was a high school coach for, you know, 40 years. And and so I learned that kind of growing up and 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 just kind of something that I always wanted to do and, and always had a knack for it. Because I think if you're a quarterback, TJ would probably say the same thing. And now Marquise is coaching as well. Uh, we would probably already say that you're really kind of the, the coach on the field. And I think everybody says that and overuses it, but you really are. You got to know where all 22 are at all times. And, and you got to develop different relationships with different people. And so I, I've learned a ton from Coach Davis and, it's been a lot of fun this this last you know going into our five, fifth year and, and we're in week what are we week week five right now so uh, we're rocking and rolling I've lost track of time I've been I've been losing sleep that's for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's a crazy thing, Bryn, that your dad coached Butch Davis's son, Drew. Mm-hmm. I think that was yep. one of the, you know, a lot of people may yeah. not know that, that that relationship happened where, you know, there was a lot of interconnectivity between the families. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's when I was, my brother, Charlie, they were at North Carolina yeah. at the time during that era. I was in high school playing Chapel mm-hmm. Hill High School. You know what I mean? It was just, yeah. It's just a small world. So, I mean, that that was it's quite a time world. in the triangle.
2: Yeah. And now Drew's our tight ends coach. It's crazy. So we're all, we're all, we're all connected and and we've all, we've all learned and grown together, you know, through the good and the bad. And, and I think we've learned a lot along the way, but, you know, we're just, you know, it's been great to learn from, you know, they've been so to me and and, and my family and things like that. We are really close and I think we always will be.
1: Mm. that's awesome and so so kind of playing it forward to, to this year a little bit obviously coming off a uh, yeah a bit of a tough loss against Georgia yeah. Tech we're, but, try, we're you know, trying to still, ignore it as best we can <laughs> you know, we're doing the best <laughs> we can at this point we're we're we're, we're pushing ahead with the football school narrative school narrative we're not gonna let that one go but we and we still have a guy who okay maybe he's not the Heisman front runner at this point but Sam Howell is, is, a, is a very accomplished quarterback he's doing great things for the university he's really elevated us to the next sort of level so mm. Looking at you know the way Sam plays and kind of drawing some comparisons to you know the way you sort of lit it up your sophomore and junior seasons. I mean you don't get to where you were on the passing yard charts at Carolina without having some great individual seasons. What's it? What's it been like watching Sam Howell? And as someone who coaches quarterbacks, as someone who evaluates quarterbacks, what do you see that he does well that kind of sets him apart from other guys?
2: Well, at first I think he's a special talent. You know he he his deep ball is is phenomenal. And I think he's a competitor. I mean, the first thing you see is, is just his willingness to escape the pocket and get first downs and extend plays. I mean, his deep ball is probably one of the best in the country. I think that's what's going to get him drafted really, really high. Um, and his <laughs> IQ. I mean, he's come in as a freshman and to do things, the things that he did, you know, his freshman year and carry it on. People, one thing people don't understand is how hard it is as a college player to continue to get better. And I think you've seen that from Sam. And that's, that's really tough. Some guys get complacent and they have really one good year. And then they. For 3000, like, OK, I made it, I don't need to get any better, but you can see the constant progress that Sam's made. And, and one, you know, the biggest thing that people underestimate is the leadership ability for him to go into Carolina and, and to go in with Mac and, and just go in there and attack at full speed and to develop the, the type of stats and the type of wins that he's accumulated over t- his time there. I mean, he's going to be one of the best of all time, in my opinion, just because, you know, what he's what he's done to, to set our program you know, up for the for the future.
0: And you talked about, you know, Sam and obviously, you know, him getting all the accolades and the record books as he continues to climb. He'll probably go down as, you know, the, the best quarterback we've ever had at UNC. And you told us all fair that you guys call yourself the gun club. Um, and, and you kind of stay connected in that sense uh, I mean is there any words of wisdom That you can hand down to Sam Because Bryn I mean you've seen it all You know you, you've seen mm-hmm. the highs, the highest of the highs You know the geo punt return You know we were at mm-hmm. that game amazing time You know the lowest yeah. of lows like when NC State Hurt you which we'll never get oh, over yeah. We'll never we'll <laughs> never get over that um, I won't either <laughs> Yeah exactly exactly But like you know what, what can you say to Sam and, and do you reach out to Sam and talk to him You know after a game like this
2: Yeah, I think that's what's special about the gun club, right? And, uh, you know, I I think it's kind of like our own fraternity of quarterbacks. And I think around the country, you have a bigger fraternity that you guys you've met along the way. And I know I still talk to some guys that I played with and didn't play with and reach out to, you know, just for advice and things like that. But if you want to talk about the gun club, it's really kind of, you know, TJ, it was kind of there before I got there um, of kind of just the the fraternity and TJ kind of started it and, and we kind of just kept it going. It's really just the set of quarterbacks that have been at Carolina and kind of just carried it on and and really a communication system where you do stay connected and you do lean on people during these times i you know uh during my career i I had you know what three different head coaches uh you know four different string coaches two different offensive coordinators and uh you know injuries along the way i've had you know what four or five surgeries and and just just trying times throughout the year and you you talked about the loss to georgia tech and you know, you can either learn from that loss or you can you know, let it drag on and carry on to the next one, which we won't do. But you need people to talk to and reach out to, especially at the quarterback position, because it gets kind of lonely when you're the guy back there in the pocket and everybody's kind of blaming you. Um, I did reach out to Sam after the game and and, and we talked and we texted back and forth. And, you know, I just told him, you know, it's a long season. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we were talking back and forth and, you know, obviously he you know, he broke my record, but it wasn't even about that. It was more about, you know, how, you know, how was he doing? You know, how is he going to mm-hmm. move forward and and go play Duke this week? Because in football, you don't get too many chances to uh, to kind of dwell on it. You got a whole week of practice and then you got to get back to work and, and, and you know, still lead the team after a loss. And that's one of the toughest things to do in sports because nobody likes to lose, um, especially Sam and especially like you guys. Like, I don't like to lose at anything. doesn't matter what it is. Not when and, you're uh,
0: football school. I mean, you expect yeah. to win. Yeah, exactly. Every week, every Saturday. <laughs>
2: Exactly. So, you know, and, and, and Sam's such a good, exactly, exactly. So, uh, but Sam's such a good kid. And I think that's, you know, I did the same thing to TJ. He was two years older than me. And when he left, I was still talking to him. He would call me. And, and I did the same thing for Mitch and Marquise. And I think, you know, that's, that's a cool thing. And, and, and that, that we've developed at our school and the football school that we are. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's really cool to have those relationships and be able to lean on people.
1: So Tate just briefly alluded to this before mm-hmm. NC state, your junior season, 2012, you threw mm-hmm. you threw for 358 yards. <laughs> you also witnessed one of the most electric moments in Carolina football history, the Gio Bernard punt return. What a time. I just want to mm-hmm. just, you know, Tate was there. I was not was watching on mm-hmm. television in a bowling alley with my family. Actually. Very, very <laughs> well, odd. Awesome. That's uh, an interesting uh, place. Yeah. <laughs> very, I don't know how he ended up there, but uh, in, yeah, great moment. But so, so you were, you were there on the sidelines there. Mm-hmm. Just just walk us through what that moment was like, just the range of emotions from the punt, the game situation, him scoring.
2: All right, I'll take you back even further because I, I played golf with Eric Ebron this summer. And uh, this is going to be an Ebron story. You know, get the geo and kind of <laughs> see the spin. And, uh, and so, all right, so here we go. So we get the fourth quarter drive. There's like two minutes left. and You guys can look this up. We're going to, we're going actually to go score and win the game. So we call a, a tunnel screen on second down, I believe, to Ebron. I mean, I'm telling you guys, it's wide open. Like if he catches it, you can look this play up. And he I make fun of him. So Eric, you can you can talk all the crap you want. Like we already talked about this in person. So he he he, he drops it. I mean the place goes silent. I mean we haven't yes. beat NC State in five years. Five
0: and years. And I remember just long you know the years. game lead
2: five year five long years, like that's all you heard. I remember Coach Fedora like painted our fleets red, like it was the whole week leading up. Oh, it was wow. like we just gotta beat NC State. We have to. And so uh and so Ebron drops it and like the place goes silent, okay. And then Brennan Williams got hurt, and we had to move Travis Bond to right tackle. So Travis was grinding the whole game. They had pass rush. They're trying to blitz him. You know, they're doing everything they can. They're bringing, you know, will off the edge and, like, stuff we haven't even seen. And so I remember we got we ran, like, a, a double move to Sean Tapley, and he's wide open. I get freaking hit right in the back uh. before I throw it. That was third down. So now my boy Casey Barnes got to come in and kick it to tie it. Okay? So we kick it. You know, he, he whatever. And then they get the ball back, and we still have timeouts. So I'm on the sideline. I'm like, dude, man, like what's going on? And I'm living with Gio at the time. And so we're, we're roommates. And so we're real tight. And, and so, you know, I remember just sitting there, and he got his ankle banged up pretty bad. Uh, and this was kind of like, you know, he was already pretty much made his decision that he was going to the NFL and things like that. Because I, I remember it was like late in the season, maybe around Thanksgiving. I don't even yeah. remember. but um, like November. Yeah. November. Yeah. Yeah. Early November, like late November or whatever. So he kind of, we've been talking about it and he was having a phenomenal year. I mean, like like the year he had in college football, I mean, just doing what he did for our program those two years. I mean, it was was sensational. Um, so we're sitting there and Gunnar Brewer was our receiver coach coach Brewer is the man. And, uh, and we send out Roy Smith who Roy is now coaching at, uh, Florida Memorial. Yeah. Florida Memorial. And he was like a walk on track guy, but phenomenal. I mean, he's awesome. Really good player. And, uh, they jog out and then we call timeout or they call timeout, I believe. I think we call timeout. And so I remember like Gio's sitting there. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And he's like, nah, man, my ankles hurt. I'm like, we don't have time for your ankle to be hurt, bro. Like spat it up and let's get out there. Wow. And so then coach Brewer comes over and said, like said the same thing. We all said, We're like, yo gee, let's go, man. So then he wasn't even supposed to go out there. They run Roy <laughs> out and then they pull Roy off the field and I remember we had this uh, – I believe Coach Fedora, uh, like, had the – you know, where you, when you put the starters all on special teams for, like, a special moment, it's a, something the coaches do. Like, okay, don't care how tired you are, we got to put our best guys on, on punt return. And uh, we went raw right. And I just remember, like, I'm still getting goosebumps because that wow. feeling – and it was, like, an overcast day. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was, like, yeah. a weird day because it's never overcast in Carolina, like, on especially on a Saturday. And uh, and I remember because another story is – I um I played against Mike Glennon we were like arch rivals in in high high school school. yeah yeah he went to Westfield I went to West Springfield we actually played junior year and like we he beat us in the second half and he threw like four passes I threw like 58 and I was like (laughs) just trying and like I didn't have the type of athletes that he had at his school and so I was like dude I wanted to get double revenge beat NC State and beat Glennon so once he's going down the sideline I remember just tossing my helmet up and then like everyone went down to the, the at the time it was like the tar pit or whatever. And uh, I mean, it was just elation. It was, it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. So
1: that's, that's amazing. That's kind of a perfect member. segue because you've yeah. given us a little bit of pre-interview intel on this. And so it's Duke week. We got yep. a big one this weekend and mm-hmm. Mac Brown's brought back, you know, the state championship. We got to beat Duke. Mm-hmm. We got to beat Wake and we got to beat state to finish the season out. So mm-hmm. like, talk a little bit about the importance of, of this game to the program and some of the memories you had playing in these games.
2: Well, I think you know. anytime like you play state or you play uh, Duke, it's it's your antennas are up, right? Like you want to beat them more than anything because if you go to you go to Chipotle in Durham, like you're going to hear about it. Like that just is what it is, and and it, and you want to win the bell, obviously, and, and it's something that, that that's a really special feeling. We won it my, uh, my sophomore year, retro sophomore year, at home, and that was that was awesome. It was a great feeling. But um, you know, the the biggest thing that I remember is you know we're playing them. I think my junior year. Um, and we we go down by a lot. I'm playing terrible. Like, I remember I was missing throws early. They were blitzing the crap out of me. I ran quarterback draw. I missed it from, like, a two-yard line. I had to kick a field goal. So um, we're going down. We go down and score, but Geo makes, like, the play of his life. Like, he – I throw one to Eric Highsmith. Uh, he gets stripped, and Geo jumps on top of Ross Cockrell and, and just, like, scoops and scores it, and we go nuts, and then they end up going back down and, and scoring to win it with, like, a minute left, and I'm not even – um, but this rivalry is so special um just because of of it's kind of like a sneaky rivalry because we obviously want to beat state and we don't even think about Duke and it's like we beat Duke along the way. so it's like, all right, we're playing Duke this week. like that's how it feels for me. all right, we're just gonna go go play them and, and kick their rear. but you know I, I think it's it's definitely you know a big one for us this week and 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 hopefully we can get it done, but I think we will
0: what's the value of the victory bell? Like what's your favorite moment with the victory bell in your mind, Bryn? Cause like, I think a lot of people oh. don't get it. Like my mom's like an old school North Carolina fan, you know, was there yeah. when Mark May was the quarterback in North Carolina, you know, Luke May and Drake May's dad, you know what I mean? And yeah. she, when we get the victory bell, she just has a different air about her. You know, it's like an aura. Do, do you feel that when you get it?
2: Absolutely. And and it's it. when you, it's when you paint it, it's yeah. when you paint it, Carolina <laughs> blue. And it's that, that crappy freaking, Duke blue,
0: yeah. That's just ugly. like
2: it's just it's disgusting. But when you paint it, we always always say paint it up. And when you touch that spray can, you can paint it and you can <laughs> sit on it and ring it. I mean, I got pictures that I'll I'll never forget. hopefully you know they'll be in our house one day. Like uh, those pictures will never leave us just because it's, it's so special. So I'd definitely when you paint when you paint it up,
0: we got we always respect beating Duke in anything. And I think a lot of people undervalue what it's mm-hmm. like to beat them in football because again we get a uh, bell at the end and we get to ring it and let them know hey again we're better than you. It's a great right, game.
2: exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's our award for kicking kicking their butt.
1: Yeah, we need that. I yeah. love it. So this is that's perfect. What a what a perfect way to send us out, right? We're gonna get that bell back. Well, I think we've had the bell, right? But we're gonna yeah. retain the yeah. bell.
2: Yeah, we know fresh lose it.
1: no fresh coats of paint necessary. Gonna keep mm-hmm. it Carolina blue. So this is this is good. See, like you know, yeah. we're we're coming off the loss, but this is Bren, You 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 have cheered us up, all right? You yeah. you cheered Carolina football nation up. We're we're still a football school. We're we're gonna we're gonna get right back on track this week,
2: and we're still in this ACC race. Don't leave us out. We are I'm telling you now. We're we're gonna we're, we'll bounce back. We'll there bounce you have back it. for
0: sure. Official prediction <laughs> right there, Bryn Renner. That's we it. we like optimism on this show. That's how we yeah. like to oh, operate. Yeah. And as I told a lot of people this week, we might not be a top twenty-five team right now, but we're a top twenty-five program. So get over it. You yes. know what I mean? We're exactly. If we're yeah. not a football school, we're at least a football program.
2: Any? Yeah, we're definitely a freaking football program. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: All right. Thanks so much, Brent. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah, for man. having me. Go Heels. Hey, well,
0: now. About to All right. There you have it. Bryn Renner. I mean, what a good guy uh, across the board. I mean, won, won some major, major influential football games in my young college life. I, I always owe something to Bryn Renner. I um, enjoyed watching him in Keenan Stadium. And you know he's a guy that knows about the, the importance of the Duke game, Charlie, which is what we got to talk about now because we play our arch rival, our nemesis, this weekend, uh, and luckily it's in Keenan Stadium, and luckily you're going to be there, and hopefully not wearing the Hawaiian shirt because if you are, Gil will fight you. I
1: think that is a that is a Charlie <laughs> Hume guarantee. Uh, the Hawaiian shirt will not be on my body or near my person uh, at all, and I probably am never going to wear it to a football game again. And and yes. maybe I'll be able to sit with Gil as a result of that, but maybe not. It <laughs> might it might take some time to rebuild his trust. We will see. Whatever the it'll case, it'll be interesting. Luckily, he's at Disney World right now, so he's he's happy.
0: He's like in the he's in the the kingdom of happiness.
1: Uh, so yeah, okay. let's hope let's hope the Magic Kingdom rubs off on Gil <laughs> a little bit this week. Wouldn't wouldn't it be the worst thing in the world if he came back with some Mickey Mouse ears and Gil embroidered on his hat and just in a in a better yeah. mental space after. After the Tech game, so
0: a yo-yo or something, yeah. yeah. I don't think that I that's think that's
1: we that. that's all we can hope for. But I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Duke week and, and and on paper they don't look like uh, a particularly you know uh, uh, scary team to face. They're three and one, but they have three cupcake wins and a loss to Charlotte. Um, but you know, here's the deal: like I, I think a lot of people kind of. Knocked on Mac a little bit and thought it was corny when he brought back like the state championship rings or you know whatever. I forget. It. I think it was rings, but whatever it was, where basically he's defined the state championship as we're gonna play. You know Duke and you know now they schedule this this really this non-conference home and home with Wake Forest because they want to get Wake yeah. on the schedule more. So Duke, Wake, and, and state. Wake, Wake
0: Forest is a football school by <laughs> the way.
1: Wake Forest is a capital F, capital S football school they are very good and i think they we we thought about
0: changing our colors to wake forest colors this week just to give them some credit but yeah they, they are officially a football school welcome to the fraternity wake forest fans we 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 recognize game, recognize game, as they say. This
1: is a whole, yeah. I mean, they might end up winning the the Atlantic. That would not shock me at all. And if, if that was the team that was that potentially, they've done it before. They've yeah. done it before. So I mean, so yeah. So I mean, you know, what Mac's trying to do is create this 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 state <laughs> rivalry between you know those four schools, Duke, Wake, and State, and, and ourselves. And and I think it helps some recruiting if you win those games. Obviously, if you're trying to lock down the state of North Carolina, so this is an important game. And, and it's not one that should be taken lightly. If if Never. you know, or the way we've played this season is any indication. I mean, I think you know, n- n- regardless of talent level, a, a worse team can play up in this game, a, a, and a theoretically good team who has had some some rough results and maybe is playing a little nervy can definitely play down. So you know, yeah. I, I think. It, the Georgia Tech loss is awful but if you're trying to do any sort of silver lining to that loss it's that these guys should have a really really motivated week of practice and come in ready to kind of you know put up a big number on duke and, and let people know hey we're, we're we're still here we're still fighting you know we want to win as many games as we can see what happens and so that's that's yeah. got to be the mindset this week
0: you cannot lose to duke I mean that that's I, I will yell that from the mountaintops. You cannot lose to Duke. I you know that that's just a that's a rule with Duke football. That always has been, always will be. I mean, you go to Wallace Wade. It is basically playing a high school team, but they also have the guy who coached Peyton Manning, you know, and David Cutcliffe. So you have to respect that Cutcliffe is there. I think Coach Cut, who's always been very very kind to me, I think he's one of the best coaches in the ACC. Like you said, they're three and one, and they beat Northwestern, they beat Kansas, uh, they beat A and T, they lose to Charlotte. But Charlotte's an interesting team. Charlotte is a uh, building a program. They're trying to be a football school, so you see what they're doing there. And um, you know, for Duke to be three and one, that means they're a competent enough team to beat you know a team that if Carolina turns the football over like they did against Georgia Tech, it could be a very long day. Uh, but again, you cannot lose to Duke in football. You cannot lose to Duke in football at home. Um, you cannot lose to Duke at football. At home, while Tate and Charlie have a podcast called Football School, because that would be, I I, I could not I could not handle it. Um, and Charlie, you will be there, not wearing the Hawaiian shirt. So you've done what you need to have uh, happen for us to have a good day. And yeah, you know, I spin all this forward. to – I mean, it's always going to be a tough game because it's a rivalry game. But like again, you cannot lose this game. I mean, this is a game that you you recenter and and you say, hey. We're we're gonna have an OK season. Let's get back on the rail. You say,
1: hey, we're a football school. I mean, I hate to make yeah. I hate to make this you know self centered, but I'm making it a little <laughs> bit self centered here. Like, yeah, this is this is to, to kind of step a little bit away from this game and more into the season at large. You know, given where we are, and it's a real inflection point. Like, this is just just as as a larger set of thoughts about <laughs> this podcast and this program and everything like that. It's like I think a lot of people right now would be like, okay. Time to pack it up. Time, time to, time to, yeah. you know, shelve the podcast. You had a good, you know, four or five episode run, whatever it was. Had some fun guests on, but you're yeah. two and two, and you lost to both the Techs, and you're 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 out of the running for the college football playoff. Like you're not. A we gotta school. stop
0: playing Techs. We gotta stop we, playing state universities. Yeah, let's get them all. Let's quit schedule. playing
1: those yeah. Techs. What is it <laughs> they know that we don't? I'm I'm not entirely yeah. sure, but but I think, you know, and hey, there might be some you know, podcasters out there with less intestinal fortitude that would do such a thing would pack it in and say that was fun. Or, or you know, yeah. and, and not to say there would be a bad shift. I would love to do a podcast on the on our incredible uh, women's soccer uh, program at Carolina. And that could be another version of football school. And we may still do some sort of version of that within this larger version yeah. of it. But here's the thing is <laughs> like we are still we've said it Throughout this entire podcast, we talked to Brent about you it. We heard Ritter say it. We're, yeah. we're still a football it's like it's school. We we're still we still wear Jordan on our chest. We still have yeah. amazing recruiting classes come in. We still have a ton of talent on this roster, and and a number yeah. of players who could go play in the NFL next season and seasons beyond. We
0: still have the Rude Boys. We still have Mac Brown, and and the fact that everyone is trying to dance on our grave lets me know yet again we are a football school. People and if you care. check the tape. Check the tape. Virginia Tech, what do they do, Charlie? They rush their own field after beating North Carolina in football. If we're not a football school, why would you do that? Also, Georgia Tech, they beat us. The coach gets a Gatorade bath as if he would, just won the Super Bowl in Mercedes-Benz Stadium.
1: That is what? actually mind-boggling. That he got, yeah. I didn't even see this because I stormed out of the stadium. Jeff he Collins got a Gatorade bath for beating bath. a 2-1, 1-1 one, one team. At yes. home, who had already lost to the other tech. I mean, again, yes. I'm not. I am okay. Don't hear us saying here. Don't rush the field after a win that you feel like is important. Don't dump Gatorade on your coach after a win that you feel is important. No, we're please saying, do those we, things. We brought that to you. But that, we got you that. What's embedded in that statement is you feel that beating the University of North Carolina <laughs> in the sport of football is important. I think that makes us a football school. You know, yes. so disagree with that all you want, but here we are. We're still a football school. We're going to get it back on the rails. And yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's, really, that's really all there is to say about this is, is yeah. that we if the moment we stop believing, we've lost it. We, we are no longer going to quit our belief in this program. I don't care how many bad losses we take. We have arrived. We are going to stay. We're going to win football games because we are a football school.
0: The only time that I quit in Carolina football history in my lifetime, again, I was born in 1993, 1993 till infinity. The only time that I quit was John Bunting, in 2004 that was the only time that i quit and if you ask anybody i think everyone quit that's when people started to believe charlie that we could never be a football school because that's how low we were but luckily butch davis came and luckily matt came back and here we are and the haters are mad they want to dance on the grave they want to get rid of north carolina football talk and shout out to nc state great win against clemson i, I love it cut clemson down you know that's how real public schools interact with each other they say congratulations good win you beat Clemson. That's not, nice. like, state would never do that, you know, because they don't know how to behave, and that's why they're not a rival because we can't have a conversation. But congratulations to them. But again, we are a football school. We are the University of North Carolina. We invented the forward pass. We invented the sack, thanks to Lawrence Taylor. We are who we say we are. And even if the results don't do it this year, they don't prove out, at the end of the day, if Notre Dame goes 8-4, and four, are they still a football school? Yes, they are. Is Miami still a football school, even though they're abysmal? Yes. Is Florida State a football school? Absolutely. Maybe they might be a basketball school now. We can talk to Leonard Hamilton about that. But regardless, we're staking our flag in the ground. We're saying we are a football school. We're proud of it. Thank you to Bryn Renner for coming on the show and letting people know that's not just us. We're not the only crazy
1: ones out here. He believes in the cause. He believes in Carolina Blue, and that's all we can do. That's all we can do. And, and you mentioned this off air, but I think it's just worth getting this on the record is, is we, maybe we, we might not believe in the Stormtrooper uniform curse. We might not believe in the Hawaiian shirt curse. But here's a curse yeah. that we do believe in because it's specific to the football school podcast, which is what did we say before we went out and, and recorded a big W against Virginia? What did we say, Tate?
0: We, we said we gotta go out and beat the shit out of Virginia And I think that was a very big miscue Because I think it came from the heart came from the soul It's how we feel It's what we need to do And that's why right now, Charlie I'm gonna look at you dead in the face on Zoom And say, let's go beat the shit out of Duke
1: Tate, let's go beat the <laughs> shit out of Duke
0: Finally, let's do it That's what we gotta do This is the week, this is the time The time is now Let's go Heels Let's go Heels
1: hey, baby.